This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, easiest, most user-friendly and beautiful way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. Go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout for 10% off your first order. Sign up for a year and get a free domain name. That's squarespace.com with the promo code THUMBS. August 11th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 275. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm James Spafford. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Nice. I Yeah, you guys weren't feeling very energetic, so I... That's true. It's oh, pretty yeah. early in the morning, and we've been waiting here for you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep. I slept, and I'm, I'm, I'm super here now. Let's do this. Everyone sure. in the on the internet is talking about No Man's Sky... And I haven't played it because it's not out on PC. I have never felt more like an outraged forum person. This PC than the waiting four days. Oh, oh, yeah, no, it's true. You want the computer version? Well, I don't have a PS4, so yeah. um, I mean, PC guy can't play No Man's Sky. Yeah, <laughs> Idle Thumbs reports. Well, I've mm-hmm. played it. PS4 guy over here. Yeah, well, did you play it at, <laughs> like, did you play it at 4K? Like, how dense were those terrain sprites? Like, <laughs> what was your draw it's, distance? It's, uh, it's true, though, that it is kind of, um, a PC game. The PC gamer in me is, is playing it thinking, oh, I wish I had a mouse. Uh, I guess I'll get into it I wouldn't have guessed bit. it would matter that much. Do you, the... <sighs> Do you know what No Man's Sky is? I kind of don't, and part of me is bummed out that we have to talk about it on this podcast yeah. because I have made it so long. I've made it years without <laughs> even attempting really to figure out what this game is, and I'm so close to being able to just play it without without with, knowing without knowing that now I can, now it's going to be ruined because of the stupid podcast. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just be as vague as possible. You'll about just continue it then. this. <laughs> well, I mean, sure. What No Man's Sky conversation would be complete without not talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just talk about it in such an odd s- sense that uh, you really come away knowing less right. than you know already. Um, d- definitely, finding out what the game is has been. A really interesting, cool part of the of of playing it. Um, I think for some people on the internet, they're experiencing that because they just didn't know what the hell's going on, and I think some of that's down to its marketing choices. But for me, it's the same as you, Chris. I've just purposely kind of not bothered. I've looked at it and thought, I will play this game. Uh, right. Yeah, I saw a spaceship take off from a planet and in, yeah. in the middle of space, and went, okay, that's fine. Whatever else surrounds this is. <laughs> Someone's choices that I can go look at later. Yeah, and I think that you all... By which I mean other people have chosen to name animals after butts and stuff. That, I know that's in the game, too. Whoa, really? You can, yeah. Butts? I imagine this that seems a... offensive. I mean, after, after anything. <laughs> Who's <laughs> moderating this galaxy? <laughs> but let's yeah. God, I actually saw uh, a thing uh, yesterday or earlier that um, said that 10 million things had been identified mm-hmm. in the world wow. already, which is fucking insane. Uh, apparently that's more species than have been discovered on planet Earth by actual humans. Really? Um, <laughs> something like that, yeah. We have 10 million, 10 million species. species. I mean, I know we have more than that, but that we, kn- that we have identified? Apparently. Wow. So there you go. 
people in space. No Man's Sky, objectively better than reality. <laughs> I'll quickly ask on Yahoo Answers how many known species are there. <laughs> yeah. Us Jeeves. He always knows. Uh, so yeah, the game, it turns out 8.7 is... million, by the way. Give, Whoa. Or, give or take 1.3 million. Wow. According to, oh, according to Science Daily. According to Google's top link. But anyway, that's, that, now you know. No Man's Sky, objectively 1.7 million better than Earth. Within like in only a day. Hours. So what's what's No Man's Sky like? We're talking about. Do you want to know? I don't know. Our conversation <laughs> immediately did what all No Man's Sky conversations did, <laughs> and just divert into weird sort of like tangential facts. facts and I mean, just the funny nonsense. thing is, the discussion that we've had of this game so far is basically like the discussion that the developers of Hellgate London were trying to sort of promulgate when that, that game. game remember when they Lots were like you could have <laughs> four million different guns which yeah. is meaningless because they're all basically just minorly different to one another <laughs> eight bajillion different guns all in this game and people were like holy crap that's so many different guns but you know they're just random tweaks on other guns i mean i'm not i don't i'm not saying this to like disparage no man's sky because i understand that's the nature of procedural content, but I love that our first thing is already like 10 million species, <laughs> more species than any other video game. It's true though. Like uh, Everyone does speak about it a lot in numbers and the sheer scale. I think the thing that's interesting um, about 10 million species, and it was Sean Murray, one of the developers who posted that on Twitter, is not that there are 10 know, million unique species, but just that players have engaged already at such right. a rapid rate that, mm-hmm. that they've done the tag action on 10 million sure. like, unique That in itself things. was also, though, reminds me of, like, okay, sorry, to just keep bringing What's, up old things. Our engagement, Chris, how many unique well, users? okay, Nick, you would, might remember this. Nick, working at a, at a video, as, as a video game journalist, do you remember getting those Nintendo press releases? There was always Nintendo specifically where they were like, <laughs> players have played the noob for, like, Oh, yeah. 800,000 minutes and only the first six hours <laughs> yeah. of the game's release. And you're like, what is... I can't. I have no idea what that means. That's like, really hard would, to quantify yeah, in your head. It was, they, would, they, they would release console sales data like that. They're like, three people bought a Wii every 17 seconds for the first day of release. And like, I don't... Have any Note that we quantify that... a day as midnight in Japan to midnight in <laughs> Paris, and it is thirty. At the, yeah, like... <laughs> the most, they have the most esoteric way of like quantifying their success, and I never had any frame of reference for what it meant for anything else. Well, now you do. Ten million. <laughs> Ten million. That's the threshold. That's, 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 that's the good. big one. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, one to compare to how normal that is. We are not talking about No Man's Sky, <clears throat> which is. Exactly how it should yeah. be. <laughs> uh, no Man's Sky. Um, it's maybe not quite what I expected, but it's kind of what did you expect? what you deserve. It's maybe what I suspected it would be like. Which mm. that I sounds don't know. Really it's damning. What, damning. It, no, damning. it's not. <laughs> it is damnable. beautiful. It is serene. <laughs> it is really chill. It is like super relaxed. Mm-hmm. Can be kind of lonely and you know in space. I dig that. Um, but it's a lot of games all in one. It's one of those classic things. I mean, you would describe it as a Neo Geo arcade cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a PC gamer, then you know what this game is. Like, you've played this game a bunch, but a console gamer maybe has played things that are like this or... Wait, what do you mean? Like Minecraft or something? Because that's on consoles. Yes, in a way. You also, I think, just mean that there are PC games that... That you've maybe played a long like time the, ago. The reason that they're big is because they just contain a thousand things all happening at once as opposed to like a couple of 
things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't sure. know how to describe that exactly. My distinction there is probably more about historical things. Like, you know, there's a lot of old kind of elite or privateer kind of oh, stuff sure. in there. You yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. space, it's trading, right, it's right. flying around. It's also kind of like starbound. It's, you know, infinite universe, wandering around, procedure generated, collecting procedurally generated <laughs> <laughs> um, like collecting like the things. emperor was just here <laughs> <laughs> your, your pronunciation of procedurally generated, generated was pre- <laughs> <laughs> your your enunciation of procedurally generated was procedurally generated by some kind of speech yeah. robot that has been iterating on that phrase for millennia yeah for it's billions of years it's tests are procedurally generated and quadrilateral <laughs> <laughs> Once the robot can say those two things perfectly, we are we are replaced. It's, world like, will you know, be over. it's like one of those things where you know when you watch a video of someone saying like ba fa ba pa and and then No, Chris, sh- I don't. Okay. There's like a, there's like a crazy there's like a crazy auditory slash visual um sort of uh, illusion where you can watch someone saying certain syllables and then they will change the audio but keep the visual the same and you will actually hear like you will hear different things because you can't tell the difference between these syllables like when their mouth seems to be doing the same thing because are like they're ah fuck i'm not explaining this very well but you basically your eyes and your ears will fool each other because of the similarity between these syllables. And so I'm just imagining that the robot could eventually get to the point where the phrases procedurally generated and quadrilateral cowboy are just the same collection of syllables. And the one you hear is just dependent on the way its lips move. (laughs) The robot's lips. (laughs) Yeah, and then you ask, why is this what you did? And then it says, big thumbs fan. (laughs) But that sounds like something completely different to you. Procedurally Nick, generated. Nick Brecon. What? Brecon. Brecon. I want a Nick Brecon robot with weird lips that you can read. You can have it. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, permission. I've been trying to get yeah, this thing off my back for years. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right that that combination of that combination of things and that style of how you overlap a bunch of different sort of types of interactions does seem more PCE than a console video game, which seems like either you get like most traditionally seems like a game with a lot of stuff in it is a GTA style game where there's a story uh, on top of a sandbox or it's like a linear order of now you're doing this type of thing. Then you do this type of thing. Now you do this type of thing. I don't know if that's entirely true. But I think like, it, historically but, probably. Yeah. yeah. When I think now, PC heritage though, like the way that the stuff that Spaff was describing or the, mm-hmm. the, the the, yeah, so it's more heritage stuff. Obviously, it blends in now um, a lot well, more. I mean, Minecraft was the inflection point right there. Right? As yeah. soon as Minecraft was put on every single platform imaginable, mm-hmm. now anyone who sort of came of age in that era or after that era just associates that as like a staple of modern video game. A yes. world that you can keep traveling into and it keeps generating. Yeah. And also, you're staying alive by combining inventory mm-hmm. items. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely got that as well. Including mining with a laser, <laughs> but you don't, you nice. know, construct things with, with materials. Uh, at least not yet. I heard there might be some form of mm. building later on. Um, it's also kind of like I don't know, like an RPG light in there. Maybe even like Far Cry style, what? like Far Cry style, as in 
There's a huge open world. This is a hot take I've not yet heard. (laughs) And there's a story that you could choose to follow if you wanted. There's a kind of guiding, helping Mm. hand. Like right at the beginning, it basically says, do you want to have guidance or you just want a free exploration? Like one of the first things Mm. that you choose. And right, you're like, oh God, uh, I'll, this one, I'll have some guidance, I think. Is the story still Um, there if you don't have the guidance? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, bear in mind that all of this I played maybe five hours into it, which right. feels like, you know, you've put one foot onto Mount Everest and you're sure. like, I know all about this fucking mountain and how to climb it. But uh, Everest, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're well at ease I in the internet it. era of information then. Yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. Not, like... I'm so glad that you momentarily compared No Man's Sky to Far Cry. Just I think like, there's a bit of that in there, you know? You find stuff and you make things for yourself. <laughs> you wander around weird landscapes. Really you shoot I, I things that attack you. About now. you know, weird. Yeah, making wallets. I guess, but now. that's the way that all games are. There are grenades and hills in this game. So I'm oh, man. That could be some rolling. Can you roll a grenade off a planet? Can a grenade reach escape <laughs> roll a velocity? Planet off a planet? <laughs> you can travel between planets. Did you know that? Wow. I that My. was the maybe the one <laughs> fact the one thing that, you that I did know. I think yeah. that was maybe the one thing for sure I knew about this game. It feels uh, cool to fly around I in bet. the ship. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the thing you know, I've, I've said it's very PC heritage, and I miss having a mouse and stuff like that. But I, at the same time, I'm playing on a giant 65 inch fucking right. television yeah. with surround sound, and it looks amazing, and it feels great. And I would rather be playing it there mm-hmm. than. Been sitting at my desk, uh, you know, on, with a computer. Um, so there's that for it. But yeah, like, what is the, the best thing that has happened to you in this game oh so far? God, even if it's small, it's okay. It doesn't have to be huge. You know, find there's some really nice little things that I've really enjoyed that um, that were the unexpected pieces of it, like um, finding weird artifacts that you kind of interact with and start learning pieces of alien language, so that when you do meet an NPC or, or enter into a trade with somebody, they have like a little thing where they speak to you in a weird language. But as you kind of find these artifacts, pieces of that language become readable to you and you start like picking out different words. So like, I know when they're calling me an interloper now, which is rad, mm. I guess. You know? <laughs> You're cool. like, oh, cool. interloper, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, more and more of it become, you start speaking yeah. that language, more, yeah. which is really cool. Like I didn't expect anything like that would be in there. I know that's such a small piece, no, but it kind great. of really adds to the experience of uncovering things in this vast universe that you really don't know anything about, like bumping into weird like monsters and aliens that you scan and upload information about kind of beyond good and evil style. You know, you've got mm. your camera almost that you're like trying to look for snaps. Um, and that, you know, that's really fun too. That, like that- weird mushroom guys wander by and, the fuck is this guy <laughs> that language example is actually like what i'm hoping to have in this game what i want the most is um as a person who has not yet played it world who is all playing this game is for multiple pieces of this game to try and slowly reward me just poking around inside of it like the idea of i just want to be able to talk to people better means that if i go and explore and while i'm out there i can find I can increase language separately from just I want to get fucking diamond ore to sell uh, to buy an engine part, which seems like it's I imagine what you do a lot of the time. But like, I hope that there are more things like that language thing of just different axes of the game all are dispersed throughout the, the universe I was told you're not supposed to say throughout the galaxy in No Man's Sky because there are multiple galaxies. Oh, man. 
By whom were you told that? Uh, Twitter. <laughs> okay. I was told it just ambiently by reading right, other right, people telling right. other people about see, it yes. and how they were wrong. Right. Oh, right. and a lot of people are wrong about No Man's Sky, Beth. Yeah, probably including me. It definitely has all that stuff that you're. Oh, I know. Wondering well, it about has everything that. in it. I've heard. I think that when I say um, the expectation that I had of it, um, I feel like there was maybe more mining and collecting and stuff initially than um, I had imagined would be in there. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. That's, um, the, that's definitely the through line I've gotten from Twitter. The, yeah. the, the opening has more sort of survival game yeah. stuff in it, at least. Well, more, not, so not so much survival. more mining and crafting. Yeah, it's yeah. more farming for mats, uh, you know, for, for crafting. So that you, it's not like you're going to run out of food or anything like that. That's not a, um, a mechanic in it. Um, you just can't mine with your laser anymore because it doesn't have any batteries, um, that kind of thing. Mm. But I feel like you can become, and once you've earned enough money, because you can trade for things, uh, you can probably become really separated from that mining thing and, and have to do it less if you don't want to because you can just, you know, once you've accru accrued a bunch of cash, which you can do by wandering around and finding chests of treasure and finding like rare items that you sell instead of just mining things and crafting them sure. and selling them on. So, um, yeah, you can probably separate yourself from that if that's not your bag and you just want to fly around. Right, if you're not turned off by it immediately, which some people seem to be as well. Yeah, which, you know, shruggy shoulders. That was a real <laughs> big shrug. <laughs> Old shruggy I'm shoulders. I'm enjoying my time with it, and I will definitely be playing more. And nice. I guess you guys definitely will be playing it. And Once our computers can run it. Yeah. <clears throat> pesky computer world. I'll probably stream my initial experience with it that's my expectation of what I will do we'll see I have high expectations oh thanks Beth <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how many minutes you're going to stream that for if it's, if it's over a million then I'll yeah, watch 10 million right. yeah. at the rate that I'm streaming RimWorld it will yeah. be over a million yeah. minutes yeah. I think it's safe to say <laughs> god I had an amazing RimWorld experience last night that I want to tell you guys about but I'll I'll save it for the second half because uh, I've talked about that game a lot. <laughs> but I know that uh, both Nick and Spav, you played the same game, of, uh, and I forget what it is already because I haven't played it. Uh, Overcooked. Yeah. Overcooked. Yeah. Which, uh, all uh, right. This is the latest game in the Overwatch Overland saga, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the sad end. <laughs> sad end to that saga. Right. Oh, <laughs> more like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> isn't there um, also Overfall, which connects it to the the fall? Oh no, for mm. Falliverse. I'm sure there is. Is there Overcraft? And, can we oh. <laughs> can we just get every fucking uh, version? Of, no, so well, I think through the chain you can connect basically yeah. all video games of the last three years. That's true. Oh, because well, there's also a little loop of because uh, then you can get Firefall, then you can get to Firewatch, then you can get back to Overwatch. Mm -hmm. So you could really like mm -hmm. you know it's yep. it's. It helps you find really the lore names. all tracks. That's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> if you need a new name, then this is going to help you out. <laughs> this like, is actually, we're uncovering Frog Fractions yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> fire Cooked, in the, for yeah. example. In, in, in the Watch Fire Fall verse. God, I yeah. like, if you chain these all out far enough, you could somehow get one that ends in the word frog and one that starts with <laughs> Fractions <laughs> 2 or something. Somehow, like, oh, the missing link is Frog Fractions 2. <clears throat> Full of holes. <laughs> Whoa! Complete the code. 
we God. Just, we just filled it with Frog Fractions 2 DNA. It's, per, it's obvious. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that goof is done, so now you guys should talk about Overcooked. That goof was, was what you guys should talk about. Yeah. So in Overcooked, do you slowly boil a frog? No. <laughs> Until it realizes it's created <laughs> a podcast maybe, fractions. full maybe of terrible, terrible jokes. It's possible that it's in this game. Uh, no, it's a... It, 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 I don't even know how... This is, it's, a, it's a fun little game. I, what is, so what I, is it? All right, all right. Let's talk about Overcooked. Let's actually talk about Overcooked. Overcooked. So it's... Do it's, this. It's like a, it's a co-op thing. It's really... It's designed to be a co-op game. And it... It's I don't know it's really fun. Is so it on Steam you, is that where you played it? Or yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's on. How console. many players did you? I'll play? find out. Uh, two. God, but there's an interesting thing about that that I've learned accidentally, which is that you can split the controller because it only requires uh, the analog and two inputs. Oh man! So and you so can there's split. a mode where you can just split four controllers and have eight people playing. This okay, game what do you do in this game? Yeah, what is this? Sorry. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> so uh, you you play as a little chef. Uh, and it's like a top-down grid. Very little so, chef. Uh, yeah, there's a little chef. <laughs> and uh, it's a grid-based sort of map that you're looking at. And um, it's a kitchen always. Uh, well, not always, but um, you make food. You cook food. So there, it's you like cooperatively. A, it's, yeah, cook it's like food. a five-minute round-based thing. And I, I almost want to compare it to like Space Team. Mm, is, okay. I don't, is, sure. Does that make any sure. sense to you? Stop. Kind of, except yeah. you have to make up your own commands almost. Yeah. yeah it's more of, like, it's basically a kitchen simulation. Well, but right? it does, yeah, but it, th- it throws recipes at you that you have to cook. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's essentially like, okay, you're a, you're a bunch of little cooks in this kitchen. You're getting orders in from the people who are dining somewhere off to the you know left. And those orders come in and they are like for like a cheeseburger or something. And that cheeseburger might need tomato because this person ordered tomato. And then you have like little bins of the ingredients and you have to take the ingredients and pass them off to like whoever's going to do the chopping. And then they have to pass the food off to the like where you're going to cook it. And then you cook, you cook it and you put it on the plate and you serve it. And then the, that ticket goes down, and then the next one. And so those but then the plate sort of, comes back. Yeah, the plate comes back. You got to wash the it. plates. <laughs> and so like it starts out that simple, but then like very quickly it turns into just fucking madness because yeah. like you're <laughs> cooking food on a ship, it's and like mega half of the time. half of the fucking like counters are like rolling from one <laughs> side of the level to the other, and then they lock off somebody in one specific section of the kitchen. And so it is like Space Team in that you have to constantly communicate with the other person mm-hmm. because you can't manage everything all at once and you have to keep changing kind of like the strategy of how to actually get this shit out the door. It's really fun. It I don't is know, really I re- fun. The only thing that's weird about it is that it's it's so fucking frustrating playing this game because it's really good and I love it. But like, ugh, it's a grid-based system, right? Like it's, it's built on a grid and you have to pick food up off of one square and put it on like another square where... where and then the control, like the, you know, basically the rules are analog based, but and you can see like the square that you're supposed to pick something up off of because it's highlighted, but it doesn't work half the time. Uh. And so you're just like fucking like going insane trying to like cook <laughs> all this fucking food, and then you'll pick up the pot and then like put it back down on the plate, and then you pick it up again and you want to put it over here, but like you throw the salad out the window accidentally, <laughs> or you like drop shit all over the floor. Like you do. Like, That's why it's the best. I mean, <laughs> it, it is hilarious when that happens. Like it's, but it's also frustrating. But it's hilarious. So I don't. Yeah. yeah. But it's really. Oh man. This, so, so this game is on uh, PC uh, and PS4 and Xbox One. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Published by Team Seventeen of Worms fame. Oh wow! Wow. Weird. Not, not developed by them. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. But yeah, it gets increasingly mad. Yeah. I played four player and it's 
crazy. I didn't know you could do eight player. That's exciting. Yeah. I have to play eight player. That's crazy. Yeah, but you bonkers. kind of just, it's really weird. You're like, right, you're the fry chef. I'll chop the stuff. But it, like, it never works out. You're just like, oh, yeah. God, I've run out of space for meat. Somebody pick up all this lettuce that's lying around. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it in the that's trash. That's also, I mean, that Throw is very much, window. that's very much like space yeah. teamwork. Like, okay, what we're going to do this time yep. is we're just going to solve your problem, then your problem, then your problem. And then it ends up just being, ah, everyone's just yelling <laughs> immediately. It's just a disaster. Yeah. Because yeah. there's just not enough. Yeah. And then the level fucks with you as well. Like Nick said, and like yeah. locks one person on the side. Or you might lock nobody where like the is so you, you can't actually get it for did, like, you, ah! did you play the one where the the fry pans just start floating in the air like like a ghost is carrying them across the level it's like you put your burger on the fry pan and then it just like woo, and then like goes somewhere where you can't get it and then it burns and then when when things burn they start fires and the kitchen starts going on fire and you got to grab the the fire extinguisher and put out the fires and this game was developed by Ghost Town Games. Oh, yeah, okay. makes sense. Very appropriate. That's there why was, there's a spooky ghost there world. There was a piece in a game that we played, and I I don't know if this is because we just fucked it up. I think it was part of the game design, and basically the we were playing team, uh, like two-on-two deathmatch mm-hmm. uh, version, which is awesome. Yeah, there was a um, But the teams had to cooperate with one another as well to, like, give food to the other team like one team oh, would man. have the plates and the other team has the meat or whatever so you still had to like oh that's really good other. you have your own goals but if you don't help huh. each other you will both fail anyway yeah. huh. that was really that's cool. cool yeah dumb game but good game it's a dumb fun there's, there's also a story like, mode in it which is like yeah a, well it's like a mario <laughs> map where you go from like world one one to world one two and the story is that like it starts out in classic video game story where it's the end of the world, but it's the end of the world because, like, something, like, some monster that looks like a fucking plate of spaghetti meatballs <laughs> cannot right. be sated enough. Like, you're trying to cook, you're trying to cook all the food, and he keeps eating all the food and then destroys the world because he hasn't had enough food. And so they send you back to 1993 to learn how to be a better cook. And then, you, and then as you're going through the, the Mario map, it's like, all right, it's 1996 now. You're getting better at cooking. That's really cool. And it's just a weird, it's the weirdest goofy <laughs> bullshit thing. But it's good. I didn't know I had that yeah. time travel. Huh. Also yeah, yeah, directed yeah. by Spike Lee. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, this, that's all, yeah. The, your mention of Space Team reminds me that, uh, that I played a bit of the Space Team card game. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Which I'd only I'd only played the iOS version before, and I think that in some ways I actually like the card game more. Well, I'm not. I think I do too. It's yeah. it's um just to talk quickly about what Space Team actually is. It started off as a mobile phone game where all it's it's played with multiple people on their phones, and you all sort of link together over the internet. You're playing as basically the crew of a spaceship that is falling apart at rapid speed. Your phone is your individual control panel. So you've got like three different controls on it, but then you're given instructions that say like spray spin grill, which I think was the name of an old Idle Thumbs episode. And you're like, "Uh, I'm told that I have to spray the spin grill, but my phone doesn't have a button on it that says spin grill. So you yell that out and someone else goes, oh, mine has it. And they press the button. Um, And if people, if communication breaks down, the ship explodes. Um, The card game version though. So three out of four of us have played it. It's, it is very much like that, but um, both like simpler and I think slightly more interesting in how it's set up. You're given um, you're given a hand of cards that have problems, and the the solution is either a specific tool or a type of tool. 
Um, or rather, you don't. You're sorry. Your hand isn't problems. Whatever. You just have. You have a. You have a deck of problems in front of you. And you turn over the latest problem. So each person has a problem in front of them, and then the solution is in your hand or someone else's hand. So you, you know, you're like, I'm looking for a tool that is the gear icon or the spaz modifier or whatever. Right. And it's it's the same feeling of chaos but it happens just through a deck of cards which is really like it's it's very fun but also the the physical element all feels i don't know it just feels it feels a little tighter to me and there's no there's no times when you can blame your phone or your networking or the UI <laughs> or right, any of that right, stuff for true. the game. Breaking. Only your friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which you will undo. Which it also undo. throws in some really interesting things that the like the mobile game doesn't like it has weird things where you'll turn over a card and it says you can't talk anymore unless somebody right. like grabs you or t- oh, right. does something everyone to you or to says your name yeah, or like everyone, everyone has to shout your name you or like yeah. sorry we all have to hold hands in a circle until otherwise yeah. I can't proceed you're floating off into space uh, unless somebody like physically grabs you and pulls you back yeah, to the so table it, it's a game that ends up having that sort of like almost uh, like stock floor level of screaming between people looking for stuff. So then if one person suddenly just has to fall silent because that's the requirement, it takes a minute for everyone to notice that they've gone mute. And yeah, or there's just stupid shit that's very similar to the iOS game, but you can't do when everyone's holding a phone where it says everyone has to get up and move one seat clockwise. So then you uh, you suddenly assume someone else's problems in an unfamiliar deck of tools and have to keep working. I don't know. It it. It does a remarkably good job of translating that game into a card game. Though. Yeah, and the, the right. overhead is just yeah. also so much Didn't smaller. Think you it would just be bring possible. a box the size of two decks of cards somewhere, and uh, if you if you are looking for a really cacophonous fun game where you can get mad at your friends in a way that's hilarious, that's uh, I, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Also, it's it's it's, it's, it's um <laughs> it's always really <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's always really nice when a small party card game American also has just like really nice art and good presentation and isn't just cheesy trash. And the Space Team card game is like super oh, yeah. well designed. It looks really yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's true. Uh, yeah, Space Team. Space mm-hmm. Team. While we're on board games, I've been playing Pandemic Legacy. Oh man, and I should just. Call that out briefly, I guess. I have a copy of it, and I haven't opened it yet. Oh, man. I kind of fear you opening should. it. It's so good. So it's really good. Have you ever played Pandemic? I've played Pandemic, which is a, a cooperative board game where everyone is trying to stop the spread of a global disease. Yeah. Is this correct. game designed by Rob, Rob Davio? Yes, he worked on okay. it. Okay. Um, Pandemic, yeah, it's named Pandemic Legacy in the style of Risk Legacy, which I think we've talked about a few times on this show, which is a game of, it's a modified like or it's a derivation of risk by a designer named Rob Davio where the whole point of the game is that it's the play is permanent so you'll play x number of games on the same board but over time you rename countries and cities get obliterated off the map and uh, yeah. that's that sort of stuff so, and so that like, combining with pandemic seems really good it's a perfect it just works so well i'm really enjoying it where i think we're more than halfway through now. So that's how many games have you guys played in total then? So you play one game per month in a year. Okay, so there's 12. Um, so we're in August. There's 12 now, games. The next game yeah. will be August. If, yeah, if you yeah, win awesome. every game without losing, then there would be, I think, 12 oh games or something like that. That but, seems impossible based on my experience with Pandemic. But you probably won't. But then the more you lose, the more aid you get. Because there's persistence okay. and you're like right. similar... You're not always the same characters, but if you play with the same, we've been playing with the same people every time, and it's been really fun to have that persistence. Right. We have a whole host of characters mm-hmm. who you, you know, you name them. They have relationships with right. other characters. They right. get scarred if they get damaged. They can be killed. You know, you can lose them. And if you if they die, you're supposed to rip the card up and just you know throw them away. They're useless. But what's really interesting is 
Well, that's what's super interesting. But what I mean is, it's kind of got this video game thing happening where if you take, say, an RTS game, um, really you're just playing the same thing over and over again. You know, you get your base and you build your army and you do blah, blah, blah. But um, video games have managed to kind of build that out into whole campaigns, whole like stories where they'll throw different circumstances at you. And this is kind of that same thing where um, you're playing the base game of Pandemic except with certain handicaps thrown at you or changes to the rules that really like screw you over, which make you like force you into changing strategy and force you into having a different characters. Whereas, you know, you might just be like, this is my perfect team in, in Pandemic. Like these are the four characters Whereas this we is my always pandemic need. Style. This is my approach yeah. always. Yeah. This time it's just like, here's a new character that can do this crazy thing. You're like, I don't think I could need that. And then you play a game. You're like, oh, God, I wish we had that guy. <laughs> oh, God, what's happening? Um, and like mid-game, they'll be like, uh, alert. You'll be like, stop, don't, you know, once there's been three outbreaks, open this card and read it. And you're like, okay, oh, God, this thing's mutated into some crazy thing. Or, you know, like, it's really good. So are you guys deliberately I having the same it. crew meet once a month to play these games? We're just we're kind of playing it once a week. Okay. Um, sometimes we play a couple of games. Um, we've definitely lost a few, um, but not too many, which is good. There's a little box. You, you know, the game comes with all these boxes and envelopes and weird things to open and stickers to put everywhere. And, you know, the world is slowly, like, getting destroyed and, like, yeah. heading towards chaos. You know, there's so many permanent like civil unrest in so many countries because they're just constantly being owned by viruses. Um, but there's like a special box. It's like if you lose X number of games in a row, open this box and it'll be like extra power-ups and stuff. But the better you do, the fewer power-ups you get. So if you like, basically if you lose, you get additional funding. And if you win, you get funding taken away from you. Isn't that the way of the world? Um, <laughs> But you get to the point where you have no power-ups right. in the thing if you're doing really well and you just have to go for it. Anyway, it's super good. I It, it comes. It has a, a quite expensive price tag for a, a board game, seemingly, mm. but the, this is the reason. Like it, you, know, you really are going to play it through all these times and then you, you can't play it anymore, <laughs> but it's got tons and tons of stuff in mm. there. Um, it's really good. I noticed that there are two versions of it. Do you know why there's a red and a blue box? I'm not really sure what okay. that is about. I don't think there's any difference at all between them, so I'm confused by that. Hmm. I do know that it is. I mean, it's called season one, which suggests that yep. there will be a, a new season. Um, uh, but huh. uh, also, um, the guy who made it, I think he's just released or is about to release. Maybe he unveiled at Gen Con his new game. Oh, Seafall? Yeah, which is uh, an yeah. original game with the yeah, legacy he's, stuff. That's, he's been working on that for a long time. Yep. Yeah. So I'm excited to check that out as well. Yeah. Like that's been designed from the ground up rather than retrofitted to be yeah, legacy. Right. Yeah, the way the Pandemic Legacy came about is the team that made Pandemic contacted Rob Davio to come in oh, as a consultant cool. to make Pandemic Legacy. So like the nice. Pandemic designers and I'm him, it was like a team up project. Yeah. I'm surprised I think there just, wasn't any sort of copyright issue with Hasbro with the Legacy thing. I know. He somehow managed to walk away with the word legacy being a thing you can, a suffix you can apply to other things. Because yeah. Seafall says Seafall, a legacy game. So like huh. he's going all in on Good that word being yeah. like. No, that's awesome that he managed to yeah. hang on to that or no or that he or that sure no one hangs on to it, it and yeah. that it's a yeah, term yeah, yeah. that can yeah exactly yeah. all right you guys want to take a break yeah. yes mm -hmm. yeah. it'd be so awesome if big ips could be given to crazy big names like well that's Gmail. what silent hills was gonna be that's yeah 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 exactly <laughs> basically 
maybe it's just give, maybe I just want Kojima to direct. Just give all of your existing IPs. IPs to Kojima. Yeah, like he genuinely would do an amazing Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah, he'd we, be yeah, really good late. at doing Half Life Three. Also, like no, uh, nobody else, no one else can make that at this point. So you may as well give it to Kojima and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> at least it would be beyond your expectations. It'd probably have Norman Reedus. In it. Oh my God! Sorry, Norman, Norman Reedus, Reedus as, Gordon, as Freeman. Gordon Freeman. That is a Kojima title card oh where God. like the letters sort of slightly <laughs> transpose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but Half Life would just be like one point five life. <laughs> some, some, yeah, some, some strange. Oh, like a yeah, fraction. Right. Oh, like half half fraction. a life. Two thirds yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> a half times three. Man. <laughs> 1.5 <laughs> <laughs> Frog fraction 1.5. Hideo Kojima? Question mark. <laughs> exclamation point. Slash slash. Metal Gear Solid exclamation point sound. Yeah. <laughs> Frog fraction seven. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's manufactures high-quality razors and shaving equipment and sends them right to your door, whatever door you put in there. <laughs> if you go to harrys.com and enter code THUMBS at checkout, you will get $5 off whatever your first purchase is. They have their whole starter kit that comes with the shave cream, three razor blades, and the razor handle itself, obviously, for 15 bucks, but with but, all the code thumbs, it's only $10. It's a lot of shaving shit for $10. Yeah, they True. manufacture their blades <laughs> in like a weird old German, like master razor factory. <laughs> what? Is that what it's called? <laughs> master, master razor? Hideo <laughs> <laughs> Kojima's master razor. <laughs> Interesting, Chris. But that's the all character in Far Righteous 3. Luigi's castle, <laughs> deep in Germany. <laughs> So that's where they make their razor blades. They make them in a German place. And then they they <laughs> send them to you, wherever you are. And they're super high quality because German people made the blades. <laughs> and you can be assured they don't get better than that. You, in you, fact, you in them. fact shave them. with them. I do. I shave with, with Harry's razor blades multiple times a week. And a I day. enjoy it. Multiple, <laughs> multiple times, times a, day. a day. I can't stop. Please make it clean. Shave the face. Give me all the blueprints. <laughs> No, I, I, I highly approve of, of <laughs> Harry's razor and shaving equipment. I use the uh, shaving cream, and uh, it's good. It shaves my face. I use their face wash. It exfoliates my face. They've got this, like, aftershave. <laughs> what don't they Who's that made by? Anyway, if you go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get $5.00 towards your first purchase of any of the amazing products we have discussed thus far, or anything else you find on their website, but those are pretty much the things. Uh, that is harrys.com with the offer code THUMBS. Thanks, Harrys. Video games. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the absolute best, easiest, most user-friendly, beautiful, and compatible way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. You need no credit card to sign up and get started. You uh, need time. no existing design skills or programming skills of any kind. Uh, you just go on there, you pick one of their templates, which all look really nice to begin with, but then you can customize them uh, by dragging your stuff around, You know, changing properties and images and colors and fonts. 
Um, it's really, really easy. I've done it uh, multiple times at this point for various just websites I wanted to make and did not want to deal with all the hassle of figuring out all the different components myself in terms of hosting, domains, um, you know, DNS, all this garbage. Uh, you just go there. If you sign up for a year, you get a domain name thrown in. So literally every single part of the whole website pipeline, you just handle by going to squarespace.com, signing it up. And when you're ready to check out, get that year, sign up with the offer code thumbs. You'll get 10% off. You'll get your domain name thrown in. It's literally just all the parts of a website you need without having to go to any other websites to make it. Um, so that is Squarespace. You can't go wrong. Works on your mobile phone, works on your desktop, works on your tablet, works on your like weird eye glasses that have the internet in them, if that's still a thing, <laughs> uh, I assume. Squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. Thanks, Squarespace. Thanks, Chris. Video games. Welcome back to the podcast. Before we forget, because I already forgot once, but I won't forget again, we are going to be putting together, we are currently putting together, an Idle Thumbs fan meetup at PAX Woo! in Seattle in just a couple weeks. This will be on Saturday, September 3rd at 7 p.m., right, Spath? Yeah. At the Diller Room in downtown Seattle. You can uh, walk there from the convention center, and it's a really cool venue. I've been there numerous times, and Spaff has <laughs> has a deep connection. Oh, super deep. To this place. Room. Yeah. It's, it's my friend's bar, and my friend being a 12-year-old kid called Mr. Biggs. Yep. <laughs> he played a lot of Little Big Planet, right? He did. I met him at PAX uh, in, God, in like 2010 or something. He was like six years old, I think. And he showed me how to play Little Big Planet 2, even though he had never seen it before, and filmed me for his YouTube channel and stuff, and it was the best. <laughs> um, and then every time I got a PAX, I've seen him, bumped into him, and now he's my bud. He's the best kid. He's so awesome. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Anyway, it's his parents' bar, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Although but maybe he, he, he will be it. there, weirdly. They're the owners, so. but he runs the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Diller Room is cool. They have like a tiki yeah, program, uh, so maybe we can drink some tiki drinks. Mm -hmm. We're hoping to set up some games in the back, hopefully in the mysterious room. In the mystery, mystery room. room, they have a secret room, VIP yeah. room that will have video games in it, maybe. <laughs> or if it doesn't have that, it will have Idle Thumbs listeners in it, <laughs> <laughs> readers. It'll hopefully have them either way. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be sad. If it has a video game but no Idle Thumbs readers, well, it'll be it'll us. be a sad. Nick, are you going to be at PAX? Maybe. Okay, because I know I will be there. Chris will be there. Sounds like Danielle's going to be there. Mm -hmm. Sean's going to be there. I'll be there. I'm trying to talk Steve into coming in uh, as well. So, Nick, you better show up. Okay. We'll get Nick up there. If Nick's not there, we'll print out faces of his Twitch avatar that people can wear. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We'll be, I might, might do that even if he is Maybe that means I shouldn't. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. We'll do it either way. If you bring a face like that that you have made... That. <laughs> if you then bring we'll know that you're supposed a to creepy there. homemade Nick Brecken mask, uh, yeah. please <laughs> do not attend. What we should do <laughs> is, well, what is I make Nick wear one of those yeah. and then have like dozens of other people wear them. And then, and then we'll just see how long it takes until yeah. Nick you Brecken have to, is I don't think I'll ever be revealed so if anyone really. figures out who the real Brecken yeah. is. The password is, and I'm Nick Brecken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please come and enter our Nick Brecken impersonation contest. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the Dilla Room Saturday night. <laughs>
awesome. So that's Saturday, September 3rd at 7 p.m. in the Diller Room. In I, Seattle. In Seattle, mm-hmm. yeah, in Seattle, Washington. Um, I I assume you'll when you get there, you'll be able to just say, I'm here for the Idle Thumbs thing. I'm pretty sure. And we have the, so we have that VIP room in the very back, but we also have the back of the bar. So just Yeah, so there's like a the public back. back of the bar. Then there's a more secret sort of like red velvet room, as I recall. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird place. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> We're there a couple of years ago for an impromptu thing that Mr. Biggs helped us put together. I think like the day of. Yeah. Oh, because we were already crazily. This was the craziest coincidence. My It was my then girlfriend's birthday at the time and she was living in Seattle and we were already have going to like just go to the Diller room to get some drinks for her birthday. And, and then, then Mr. We Biggs went, was like, oh, well, oh, let me well, show you this uh, secret. Yeah. I was I like, own oh, that bar. I, it was the craziest coincidence <laughs> ever. Like we ran and into like, you. I own that bar. <laughs> this is what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ran it. Spaff, we ran into you and you were like, oh, the Diller room. I know the people who own that. And here's this kid. And we're like, what the hell? Yeah. And I was so like, I gave you the VIP area. Yeah. It was an amazing coincidence. <laughs> and so anyway, that's, yeah. We listened Weird to world. mouth sounds. Maybe we'll do Oh, that we again. did. We blasted mouth sounds in the back room. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, that sort of good time will be had by all yeah. at PAX. Be Join there. Us. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Well, uh, that's Nick, the did, end of the that's, podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> Nick, did you want to talk about the other game you played? I don't. I forget what that was. What game yeah, did I, you play, I, Nick? Oh, oh I, I played House of the Dying Sun. Is House that how of you the say dying that? Sun? <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whose house is this? I don't know. House of the Dying Sun. I'm here for the Idle Thumbs party. Is this the? House, House of, of the, the Dying Sun? Is that, am I at the right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm Nick Brecken. I'm, oh, I'm Nick Brecken, please. Oh, That's the code to get in. To get in the House of the Dying Sun, yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, this is the House of the Dead. Whoa. Uh, this is y- the typing of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> God, I watched somebody speed run that on the Games Done Quick. What? It was oh, absolutely man. hilarious, because he's just, like, I, he knew all the words, of course, <laughs> right. you know. But it's I know because all of the most perfunctory the thing. It's just oh god, it was it was it was bizarre. It yeah. was it was a really strange thing. Um, I'd like to get the transcript from that run. Yeah, <laughs> just like read it out like yeah. poetry, and then have to type that to uh, shoot zombies. Yeah. Um, I this game used to be called Enemy Starfighter. If you've heard of that, yes, uh, I have heard of that. They did yeah. a Kickstarter, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it, you know it was, why it renamed it's itself? About a year and a half ago. I think it was a copyright issue or trademark issue. I hopefully I'm not against Jedi sure. Starfighter. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, hopefully, an an enemy filed that copyright. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, this is really damaging my brand here. <laughs> so, what do you do in House of the Dying Sun? Um. You, uh, so it's, 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 it's really good. It's, um, I won't talk too much about it because it's actually a fairly straightforward concept. I mean, the idea clearly was to do kind of a like stripped down version of a flight sim with no real camp, like there's a campaign, but it's much more kind of, uh, level based and sort of. FTLE than it is anything that's of any substantial. Wait, did I play this on the podcast like a year ago? I, I don't. Has this game been in early access for a long time? I don't think it's been that. What did long. I play? I played something that was Descent like. 
And apparently this game is also Descent-like. Was it very orange? I don't think you played that. No, that, that, that thing was more inside. Enemy Starfighter is like this is a, this is a full, oh, okay, this is a full okay. sort what of. What the hell did I play? I can't remember anymore. I <laughs> yeah. liked it. Whatever it was. If you can remember what Chris <laughs> I'm sorry, played, I'm sorry right for just to annoying you. saying an annoying thing it's for no fine. reason. Um, it's really good. It 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 actually surprised me. Uh, I expected it to achieve a few things like, uh, you know, modest goals. Like it looks really pretty. Uh, for what it, for being I think made by one guy. Um, he went with sort of the homeworld aesthetic, so it's very like bright orange and and just you know like just crazy looking space scenes as yeah. opposed to the sort it of muted cool. dark um, like free space or X wing stuff. Um, so it's 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 really nice to look at, and then also I expected it to do just a really nice focused like flight sim, and that's what it does. But then also he did some really really smart stuff. Um, I mean, for one. Um, you get in and out of missions really quickly, and if you die, it just—it's smart enough to just say, "I know you're going to replay this at the beginning of it, so let's just load up the beginning of the stupid <laughs> mission again." Like just lots of little like gameplay stuff like that. That I think if you were making, if any, if a AAA team was making a flight sim today, it's the stuff you'd want them to do. But this guy right. just fucking did it. Yeah. Um, the other big thing I would say for people who hear the word or words flight sim and get like, "Ugh, flight sims!" <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a fucking joystick. This game has the best mouse uh, setup control scheme wow. for, good for flight feel. sims that I've ever <laughs> experienced. Nice. Yeah, it's really good mouse feel. The I, I like the first flight sim Can I ever we played. Popularize that that term because I mean, that's actually something that is rarely considered by modern developers. Probably because you have to worry about so many different platforms. And, and also, it really and just sounds like it, it's really in demand of a, of a wacky accent. I know. Yeah. Well, that's what that's the reason I want that to be the term. But then I also think that it's a concept that deserves. You want to attention. just watch YouTube videos where like someone says, "Oh, how's the great mouse feel?" Mouse feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a mouse feel leaves much to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- so the um, the way it works is actually the 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 the, the sort of dead zone, the center of the you know, the reticle, I guess, in in flight sim parlance. Um, the second you move the mouse outside of that, it draws a line, um, uh, just a segment, you know? And so, like, the further you're pushing it, the more it's pushing the ship in that direction. Right. It's really, So it's, like, thrust really rather smart. than one-to-one movement. Exactly. And, like, it has a sort of pseudo, like, Newtonian flight model where, like, there are some amount of – there's some amount of physics, but it's not entirely that. And if you hold down space, you can actually drift – so you you end up kind of like doing this interesting thing huh. where you're like you're steering with the mouse. Is that because like presumably thrust- there's like side rockets that turn yeah. on to sort of push you around as well? Yeah, you see the little thrusters on the outside of your kind of yeah. first person view, and and um, so it's it's really good. Like if you imagine like the Battlestar Galactica TV show, the way that they did all of their sort of like. You could, like the ships could like strafe and do like he basically clearly like watched that show a lot and then huh. made that a game and it's really really fun like because you can just yeah you can build up enough thrust to where if you're going past a larger ship you can then just turn and slide past it and just kind of like fire into it and then continue on and it makes like um just the basic dog fighting which at this point everybody's played a flight sim and it's all the same shit these dog fights <laughs> feel really interesting and the the thing, the other thing that he did that's really smart is he he did the FTL branching for like level stuff, um, and you kind of slowly build up your fleet, which is really fun and just a nice kind of like simple meta layer where like every time you complete a mission, you're gaining some little bonus or like upgrade or like 
this one gives you an extra like fighter or this one gives you an extra frigate and you're kind of like accumulating all this stuff and at first I thought eh, this is just really kind of uh, a simple game and I'll probably play this for like 10 minutes and I'm really fucking into it now it's like three hours in and, and you I'm, should stream some of it if you yeah haven't. you should yeah maybe I should um Anyway, yeah, there's, there's not much more to say about it, but it's 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 really, really good. It's very understated, but then once you get into it, you realize, like, oh, man, there's some fucking smart shit in this game, and uh, it, ha- I haven't played a flight sim in a long time that's actually tried to solve any of these problems. Countdown but, to Chris playing House of the Dying Sun begins after you said all the things you just said. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, really quick, so this is House of the Dying Sun. The game I was thinking of was Sub-Level Zero. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's a total descent, like a modern descent yeah. alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. actually just searched for descent roguelike, mm. and the first every result on the page. Oh, it is a descent level like. zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the other thing you can do in this game is at any moment you can hit a button and it snaps out to the home world or like you, Chris, I think you played flotilla. It snaps out to that like spherical, like strategy view and you uh-huh. can issue orders to all of your ships and yourself. What? Whoa. You can, and you can say like, that your, suddenly you like to plan a way bigger for yourself and stuff I, or what? Like, yeah. You can give waypoints. You can, you can give attack commands and, and then also like you can issue them to yourself, which is really cool because then that would, when you go back to your first person view, you've now targeted the thing that you clicked on in the wow. strategy view. Oh, that's good. There that's are really smart. lots that's really of like really smart choices. Um, can you use that as autopilot or? Uh, and there, I don't think there's an autopilot. No. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But you, you. But at least you can get the big strategy view. Set yourself your own yep. waypoint yeah. objective, That's and then cool. when you're back and, in, know yep. where you are relative to that shit. And That's the other cool thing is that when you die, um, if there is another fighter alive, you just become that one. So mm. really, there's so much like playing a flight sim. I've tried to go back and play those games, and like if you bounce off of one of those missions, you're just kind of done. Yeah, that's um, sort of the experience that I've had. As yeah, well. this game it just keeps it going in the way that you want it to, um, and it's really, really nice. Yeah. Nice, that's awesome. very well considered game. That's really cool. So, yeah. House of the Dying Sun. Also, House of the Dying Sun is a way more evocative name than Enemy Starfighter. Like, it paints a yeah. grand, like... Yeah. It reminds like, me it, of Sins of a Solar Empire. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. But they're both, they both feel more of, like, the Dune variety of right. sci-fi yeah. than the sort of Star Wars and right. Star yeah. and yes. Last Star... Yes. Like, literally only- Last Starfighter. <laughs> uh, like, you know, just, like, mm. 70s, 80s kid stuff as opposed yeah. to 60s, 70s weird... Young adult, when you when to, to adult stuff. When you load the game up, the only story is uh, you, you hit like continue or even like even when you just hit continue, it just says in like all caps the emperor is dead, and then it just loads the map, and that's like that's kind of it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's that's pretty much Since all. The I last me- Metroid has been yeah yeah destroyed. pretty much yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty good. So yeah, good game. Should we do right. some mail? Yeah. Well, first I want to talk about a RimWorld experience I um, had. Because it was good, so I, I I'm just going to talk about this one specific experience because I I've ta- I know I've talked about RimWorld a lot, but I can't let this go. I've been you know my RimWorld streams are still going strong. We're up to I think last night I I hadn't streamed for several days because I didn't stream over the weekend. So last night was part eight of the video Jamestown Colony, and it was a pretty chunky stream. Lots of just crazy. It was a very eventful stream. I will say it was a you know quite quite a roller coaster ride. Uh, but there was one thing that happened that was particularly noteworthy, and I need to set the table on this a little bit so you guys have some context. In RimWorld, um, you can there are many different tasks that you can get, put on people's sort of work matrix, and you don't you you can force them to do a given task at a given time, or you can force them to prioritize it and attempt to do it. But generally speaking, people will just operate according to the overall list of priorities you've set for them, and one of those priorities is art, which is generally not like it's it's fairly low priority by default. Um, 
uh, but it's a thing that some people are better at than other people. You know, everyone, given everyone's skill set, they all have things they're better at and some things they're worse at and some things they're, they cannot, they physically can't do. But making art, which is generally comes in the form of sculpture, is one of the things people can do. And when you make a piece of artwork, um, you know, you can read about it. And uh, I think I mentioned that maybe a couple weeks ago. I can't recall. And so anyway, um, that's just that's some context there. So another thing you can do in this game is capture people and try to recruit them to join your colony, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which I, I always do. I always rather would, would convert people to my colony than then uh, kill, you know, finish, kill them entirely and finish them off. So generally, if people are left wounded after a battle, I will, I will patch them up, you know, give them a room and a bed and then slowly try and bring them over to my side. And usually it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Actually, there was a prison break a couple episodes ago and two of my prisoners escaped, stole guns and escaped, which was crazy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I have a, uh, this guy in my base um, Freddy, who's quite a good warden as one of his high skills is, con- is, you know, converting these prisoners over to my colony. So he had been working on this, this prisoner for a while, trying to, you know, make a successful pitch to come over and join the colony and, and be on our side. And someone in chat said, oh man, you should give, you should build a little chair in there. So Freddy can like flip it around backwards and sit down and just kind of, get real with the prisoner, the kind of rap with the prisoner a bit, you know, get on their <laughs> level. And I'm like, oh, that's a good, it's a funny idea. It's hilarious. So I built a, a backwards chair um, at the foot of the bed in the, in the prison, <laughs> prisoner's room. And one of the other things about this game is that you can build furniture out of any material, pretty much any material you have on hand. It always defaults to steel, which is kind of annoying because I usually like building stuff out of wood for its aesthetic reasons and also because wood is easier to come by. Than steel. Um, I didn't notice this, so I accidentally built it out of steel. And I figure, okay, whatever. I built a chair out of steel. So I built a chair out of steel. Almost immediately after doing this, Freddy comes in and instantly converts this prisoner over to our side. So I'm like, holy shit, the chair totally worked. He totally <laughs> got real with this guy. Totally just like got on his level and kind of just, you know, put the cap on backwards and sit down in the backwards chair and they're all. Wow, amazing. So I was, I, was, I was pleased about that. But then I realized I, people in chat were like kept saying, hey, the chair, the chair, the chair. And I'm like, what are they talking about, the chair? I click on the chair and the game has declared this chair a work of art. <laughs> I have never seen this happen before. I have mm. never seen a mundane functional object in the game transcend like it's just a chair to become. Who made the chair? It is art. Um, so the chair was made by Alvin Riendo, who is the, as I described last week, is the widower of Danielle Riendo, sadly departed. <laughs> so his craft um, has transcended mere craft and is yeah, now art. This guy had never made art before. He, I didn't have, I, I didn't have people set up to make art so, yet because I didn't have a sculptor's table. So, so is this chair art like... Just in that it's a beautifully made chair, or is he trying to make a statement with this chair? <laughs> I had to, I, that was literally the first thing I said. I was like, "What makes this?" I was like, "How did the game decide this is art? Like, is it just like?" And then it made me realize, "What is art at all? Like, what makes something art as opposed to like video games?" <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and and I was like, "Wow, what an interesting thing the game has decided." And I was about ready to leave it there, and then chat was like, "No, keep keep. You got to find out what kind of art it is." So I was like, "Okay." So I look at it, and it's a and. It it's, oh, because they like, have properties, right? Yeah, and it's a steel dining chair of excellent quality, and uh, and it, the artist is Alvin Riendo, 
and the name of the artwork is Utopia. And I was like, wow, wow. this is this is <laughs> ambitious. This is crazy. So I click on the description of the art and I'm just going to read to you the description of this artwork. The first work by Alvin, the debut artwork by Alvin Riendo, <laughs> created in, in seemingly a flash of inspiration, unbidden inspiration, asked to create a simple functional chair for a, for a, a prison room. Utopia by Alvin Riendo. A comfortable and attractive chair for sitting at a table. This furniture is engraved with an image of Nick Goldblum Brecken, <laughs> doubled over and retching onto the floor with great shame. He looks almost deflated, as though totally emptied by the intense vomiting. The lower part of the image is dominated by a tree. The work has a symbolic feeling and a triangular structure. This depiction refers to Goldblum's vomiting on the 6th of winter, 5499. <laughs> Utopia. Utopia by Alvin Rando. I, A I, beautiful chair. Yeah. Like Batman, I was destroyed. <laughs> that guy's like, oh, this is a utopia. <laughs> you can freely vomit just, on I the floor. I love the idea that this guy, this guy, his boss was like, we need a new chair. We need a chair in the, it's in like the I'll jail. The, it's, it's I will like, depict I the know exactly what to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can picture this as just like one of those it's single steel. pieces. It's a yeah, chair. I picture it as like one of those shitty single piece metal chairs you get at IKEA. Right. But then sort of like ding 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 yeah. ding yeah. into the back is yeah. just like a perfect like yeah. like belt buckle relief of mm-hmm. Nick Brecken barfing. It's oh Nick, Nick Nick Brecken doubled over and retching onto the floor with great shame. <laughs> he looks almost deflated, this as though blessed. totally emptied by the intense vomiting. So, does this character hate Nick Brecken for some reason, or would he have any historical I, reason I, to? Like, is Nick responsible well, for his wife's death? It is referencing a historical event of yeah. <laughs> Nick Brecken vomiting on the right, sixth. So that's of why I mean, it's like, is this guy's version of his the one where he can just sort of like relish the times that Nick Brecken has felt great pain and shame. I guess we'll have to find out by making giving him more art to make. But the thing I'm kind of re- fixated on I'm, horrible I'm, things happening. I'm, Nick I'm kind of reticent to assign him to intentionally make more art because this was un. This was like came out of inspiration. He was not like art wasn't even on his list of things to do, and there right. wasn't even a sculptor's table yet in the base. So this, I, I'm kind of, I kind of feel like I don't want Alvin Riendo to ever make another piece of art because I'm worried it At will never reach the same. Yeah, I'm worried that if I tell him to make art, he'll never reach the same. Right, if you're like, oh, wow, 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 keep doing art, this was amazing. He'll just go, ah, uh, well, I'm not really, Yeah, because uh. that actually <laughs> happened. That actually happened in a, pa- uh, <laughs> many episodes ago with an artist who, her first, uh, she was a teen, I think, and her first work of art was like amazing and of incredible beauty. And then her follow-up effort was like garbage. And then her, her ones after that were better, but they were nothing like transcendent oh, like her never, first work was. Never yeah. achieved that so really you should ma- get that chair out of that prison cell or, oh. or build the area around that prison cell into a museum. <laughs> like keep the chair in its original location actually, and just make a like glass walled viewing gallery room, of that cell and that chair. That room actually ended up becoming the new bedroom of the person who was converted in there. So I tr- turned into a bedroom and then I reinstalled the chair in the new prison, the new larger prison. <laughs> so that chair is. You should turn it into an electric chair. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it is steel. So I guess it would conduct. Oh, God. I guess. Yeah. Um, Dear Chris. Steel does not conduct it. Well, I realize as I said that, I'm like, I don't know if this is true or not. I assume it would. I don't know. 
Anyway, I could uh, signed again. The emperor we, signed uh, the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> I would know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he laughs like that. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does he do that? Yeah, he goes. <laughs> what? That's when he's on little thumbs because everyone seems to make that sound on the mm. show. Mm-hmm. House of the Dying. <laughs> <laughs> House of the Dying Sun? House of the Dying. <laughs> House of the Dying Sun? <laughs> what is the opening Are we still of on House a podcast? Of, what, is the opening of, what is the opening of House of the Dying Sun? <laughs> the Emperor is Dead? Yeah, okay. There just, you go. Just check. <laughs> so wait, wait. It says the Emperor is Dead. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, point there you go. Point yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Are you there happy you about two it? spaceships flying yeah, in the yeah. <laughs> There you go. I mean, uh, that's what I heard. It's <laughs> a house of dying. Uh, it's a house of dying. It's It's dying, I guess. I heard. Emperor's dead. Emperor's dead. There you go. You're in space. All right. Um, Fraser McMillan writes Hey, guys, I've been meaning to send this. Send in this personal anecdote since you discussed the Unreal Tournament demo on the cast last year. Uh, apologies Sweet. in advance for the, the length. Um, in March 2003, when I was 11 years old, my parents bought me my first game magazine. It came in a plastic bag with a sick hint book and a PS2 demo disc. As a kid who was used to playing a handful of new games each year, it was incredibly exciting to be able to sample, however briefly, a wide variety of cutting-edge stuff. The following month, my sister and I were sat down to be told that our father was a transgender woman, that she would be moving out in a few months' time, and then undergo a grueling and dangerous uh, sex transition. Obviously, this was difficult news to break to a pair of kids who were only just old enough to understand what it meant, but not yet mature enough to handle it. I should point out we were lucky to enjoy a great deal of wonderful support from friends and family both. Our parents did an amazing job of minimizing the impact on my sister and me, and we are forever grateful to them for the burdens they shouldered to ensure our emotional and financial security. I'm glad to report there was a happy ending for everyone involved, and we're all still very close. After initially accepting the situation, I apparently spent a couple of weeks freaking the fuck out, threatening to kill myself, screaming, screaming at my dad, and being a total asshole to everyone. I'm deeply ashamed to think on this later in life. Though my brain has deleted those traumatic memories, I do have some recollections of the time. And they are all to do with the demo disc level of Wakeboarding Unleashed featuring Sean Murray. It was a lower tier Activision (laughs) Extreme Sports game at a time that they were 10 to a penny. But I played the shit out of that one level. The time limit was two minutes and I restarted over and over again. If I made a single mistake, I would set up a clean run. I got got up early for school to play it and I spent every other free moment glued to it to block out everything else. With each go, I completed the level objectives in sequence and strived to improve my personal best high score, allowing my lizard brain to rack up millions of points in an effortless trance. I took out my frustrations on the game, cursing every errant button press and ill-timed landing. This being a demo, my score data had to be saved on a notepad rather than a memory card. But given its relative obscurity, I must have become one of the best players in the world. The demo's lone accompanying song was the ultimate redneck butt rock number, Flirting with Disaster by Molly Hatchet. It has been lodged into my brain forever. I used the demonstration level of Wakeboarding Unleashed featuring Sean Murray to assert some control over a limited area of my life just as the rest of it had fallen apart. It could have been any other game of that kind, but this was the one available to me. It helped preserve the prepubescent sanity I had unconsciously squirreled away. Though I contemplated buying the full game later on, I could never bring myself to do it because that demo was there to serve a specific purpose at a specific time. If any Thumbs acquaintances or readers worked on the game in any capacity, I would like them to know how grateful I am. The good people at Shaba Games and Activision O2 helped me, and by extension, my family through the hardest time in all of our lives. 
I don't plan on ever revisiting it, but those memories will be a source of comfort for the rest of my days. Thanks, Fraser. That is an intense experience. That's, yeah. It's wonderful that games can I know. <laughs> be like that that, yeah. that way. It's awesome. For sure. I don't, I don't, I would guess none of us know any, Shaba Games was actually located here in San Francisco. Um, they were an independent studio that was acquired by Activision in 2002, and I think they closed in like, I want to say 2008 or 2009. I, okay. I I definitely have encountered people who worked there over the years, but that was kind of like a half generation older than probably the current than the current crop of um, Bay Area developers. So, but if there's anyone listening who worked on that, I'm sure that is a really cool thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for writing in and sharing that that very. Uh, that very specific and uh, really, I don't know, it was a very nice experience. Yeah. Um, okay. It was also interesting hearing that email and just waiting for what the demo was going to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> enter into the story. <laughs> I know. Wakeboarding Unleashed featuring Sean Murray. So yeah. Good. That's, good. That's, yeah. yeah. I don't think if you were setting out to seek emotional shelter no. or like, <laughs> you'd be like, <laughs> which games are good for this purpose? Oh, yeah. Sean Murray's wakeboarding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is such a pre-internet. I mean, it's not pre-internet. The internet was definitely alive and well at the time, but yeah, pre sort of internet ubiquity in all things, mm-hmm. you know, um, pre smartphone, pre like all games being connected to the internet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all right. Joe W writes. So Abzu is out and it's a pretty short game discussed last week you could if you rushed your way through clock under two hours the cutoff for stream refunds is two hours so you could play it and then refund it it's a shitty thing but people do it anyway what do you think about this do you think it's something valve should do anything about joe from new york p.s the weird future playstation ad with the orb was the playstation 9 thank you pps i tried out RimWorld. i started near some kind of mountain i just highlighted a section for mining and i left it i apparently highlighted part of a pre-built structure a wall of some kind behind oh, yeah. the wall was a bunch of ancient robots that murdered my colonists Whoops. Goatee. Yeah. No, it's not a good idea. <laughs> I, had, I had that experience as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The The Steam refunds thing was a, I feel like it was a huge flashpoint when they started doing it. Um, and I haven't heard as much about it recently, but I don't know if that's because anything about it has changed or if because it's just settled down. I've seen some developers kind of still. Oh, really? Yeah. It's but, still a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was posting something recently. It was like 10. Their game was in the order of like ten percent were were being refunded wow. or something. Oh my yeah, god! It was, it was a it was a, just a Oof. murderous experience for that particular developer. But yeah, That's I don't crazy. know. But yeah. Like, be interesting to know more about that game. I guess. Like, yeah, was yeah, it because yeah. it was short game and then mm-hmm. people were completing it and refunding it? I can't remember what game it was. But. Yeah, it's also hard to know what to do about it. I mean, the the <sighs> the logical answer is well, Valve should staff up and employ fifteen twenty people to be a refunds team, but like. The reality is that's just not what those what that company does. Like they they have decades now of being yeah, a company all, where you yeah. just you can't have that expectation as a developer or a customer. It's also your, staffing up people who are going to result in less money. Yeah, coming in. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm not saying they, a, means they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it makes it less yeah. likely to yeah, happen. Yeah, it just. Um, I actually didn't realize it was two hours. That's a long time. What I think it was four hours when they started it. Was it? Yeah, okay, that was my memory. Right. That is a it long, seems like there's also. Hi. From what people talk about, and I don't know enough about the rules of this stuff, but it seems like there is also like a declared limit that Valve gives out as the sort of public policy, but there's also soft limits on either side depending mm. on sort of who is complaining and about what. And 
I think if you're a person who rampantly refunds, you get flagged pretty fast oh, okay. as well and that sort of thing. So like um, there are countermeasures and there are hard and hoft rules, as you will, mm. um, hard and soft <laughs> rules and various things. But it just part of it, I think, is also if there is a refund system and you have metrics on it, it's going to seem shitty for everyone involved. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the, the refunds yeah. on Steam operate on all axes in different ways than refunds in real life. But like my, you know, especially Steam is real life, Jake, I know, but I mean, especially in a digital world where there's no such thing as a trade in or yeah. a return, right. yeah. like the number of people who walk their game back to a store real fast. I don't know the numbers on that, but sure. I know that there are numbers on that. And on steam, there used to be zero of those. And then there were some, which means that it's always going to seem infinitely shittier than mm. it did before it existed. Again, yeah. that's not to say that there are, are no problems or that there are or to right. say that there are rampant problems yeah it'll be it'll be tough just, to, to really it's just so hard see to, clearly until this has been a normal thing for a long time yeah. and yeah. then we can yeah I, I get i don't know maybe. yeah i feel like it's a bigger problem not to offer refunds yeah all. that's probably true like, that it's just, feels it's like hard a bigger to know problem. what the what the correct cutoff is and what yeah. the criteria should be if any like if it was a console platform holder they could put trc you know uh, requirements in to put flags in the game that you know mm-hmm. developers chose mm-hmm. where to put like you know once you've seen minimum 20% of two hours of the content to, sure yeah like for in <laughs> terms of abzu you you'd put it in at a certain point earlier in the game because your game's shorter but the refund flag mm, the refund flag it looks like a big whale it says refund Face. You have now reached the point of <laughs> yeah. no refunds. You have touched <laughs> refund whale. When you see refund whale in any game, you better uninstall yeah. right then because if Press it crashes back into whale. the sea, yeah. you, you a must. Re- a and refund, if you refund whale a is someone who just... returns your game but has bought all the microtransactions oh, already God. and those you don't ever give back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, refund whales get flagged. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea. Actually, of- a refund whale—that's totally what the uh, all those key scammers are who buy a shitload of games and then put a bunch of chargebacks on the credit card. Oh yeah, so it's, they it's, claw it's, back mm, the money yeah. and then keep the keys and instantly resell them before <laughs> they can be deactivated. I much prefer the that's refund a- whale as a weird like Hita Takahashi game character, uh, where every Steam game just a whale breaches. Right. And you know you got to open the Steam overlay and <laughs> refund it at that point because once the, like, is, once all the ripples from the splash are gone, God, that all means of, all that, of that means your game is games. They all, oh God, they so much so much refund imagery <laughs> in all of his games. There's that giant whale in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's that huge refund. We in had Metal no Gear idea Solid. that that was <laughs> reminding you to refund. That's about an hour in. Yeah, that's that was the that's why that whale is there. When you see the huge, that's what set the precedent for the refund whale was that Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh God damn it, Kojima! I can't take this shit back now. I wish he'd saved that refund whale until you get to the second half, the unfinished part. If I had known, if they put the w- refund whale then, I would have known what game I was getting myself into, and I could have returned it. That whale showed up like an hour in in that game. What a Once rip. You, as soon as you see the refund whale, it's already too late. God. So you're basically playing yeah. a game of chicken with well, the whale. Well, I mean, you get the minute because the, the whale. Chicken with the whale. Developers have a choice of like how the high whale the whale jumps the and like how much airtime he gets so you know that like the whale is showing up. Or like you can see the oh, spout. So it's when it crests? Yeah, it's when the, it's when the whale hits the back into the water. When it gets to like free willy moment is like, oh shit. So wait, while it's in the air? Well, it's in the air. So when it belly flops, yeah, it's when the whale splashes the game has the full arc of that whale. Belly flops. It's no longer free. Right. Yeah. That Willy. represents yeah, your yeah. You can't wise money. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hit in the bank. God. 
the idea of that that would then immediately open up this crazy like how much do developers care about players by like when in your game you put the refund whale <laughs> and like if you're polite enough to like put spouts off on the horizon so you know like the, the refund yeah. whale's approaching no no oh it's just this other character who's in Abzu, it would you be could... a fucking minefield. It was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's a whale! No, it's just a normal whale. Yeah, no, you can just you can see the streamer, the fucking PewDiePie streamer, who's just like, oh, it's the whale! Oh, like, yeah, you can you can you can fully fully have like a, a nighttime corridor PT style game. Yeah, but then yeah. like. The fucking freakiest jump scare of all is that the door opens right. and like the shining water, yeah. like instead of blood, just pours out, and then the fucking <laughs> refund whale breaches out. That. <laughs> that is scary as fuck, uh, yeah. and then you can't return the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the refund. Five whale. teams were on a cabin with, with twenty dollars yeah. a piece. Are you listening, Valve? Are you listening to this <laughs> refund whale idea? That's <laughs> we've solved, solved the problem. We've solved it, guys. <laughs> Just yes, Ben Lou. We do think it's a problem, and here's what Valve is doing. Every game needs a diegetic <laughs> refund whale that appears inside the game world in the game style, authored by the developer. <laughs> they can choose when and where the whale appears, and for how long it is in the air, offering gamers the ultimate. The whale's hang time is your <laughs> your time to choose. Hang time is up for discussion. When the, when the refund whale featuring when the Sean refund, Murray. <laughs> when the refund whale appears in No Man's Sky, you can skin it and then craft it into a new battery for your mining. Mm-hmm. You, of course, at that point also, yeah. you, uh, the player understands they've relinquished the right to refund the game. Mm-hmm. Well, in a game with 10 million you, species, it's pretty you rare you're going to find that refund whale is like... <laughs> Only one Billions player has been unable to the, refund yeah. the game. <laughs> 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 right, go. What, what a shitty situation for the one guy who found yeah. the refund well. That's, that's, oh, damn it. Oh, damn so that's it. what you're trying to do? That's at the center of the universe. That's what you're trying not to do. It's a giant, like, 2001 space whale just floating in the center of the universe. You get to the very middle of that, yeah, the sort of the sun and flares move out of the way, and then just a whale sort of smiles at you and then slowly sinks into the water. That's definitely a troll face slash deal with it whale. Yeah. And then a huge UI comes up that just says no refund. <laughs> no man's refund. Yeah. God. I wish I was more awake when we were talking about that game to be more coherent. You could have told us about this whale. whale. Like, yeah, yeah, I would have told you all about the whale. Yeah, I mean, you surely haven't found it yet, have you? <laughs> no, not yet. I didn't think so, man. I not would yet. be impressed. Sean Murray would have lost his mind. Can Someone so- already found the refund whale. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Somebody's Sean naming Murray. all the planets refund whale. <laughs> it's not the real refund whale. <laughs> it's only oh, one. Yeah. Hopefully everyone starts naming whale type creatures refund whale now. <laughs> <Right, this yeah. laughs> Wait, is Sean Murray the name of a developer on that game? Is that, not is that also yeah. the name of the wakeboarder? Whoa. Oh, Wait, I, th- I think it's... Is that correct? Yes, Sean Murray is a, nom- correct. Is, a, is a Hello Games guy, yeah, right? He's the, yeah, he's the director. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> we are in Frog Fractions. What? What's happening? <laughs> it's all connected. Like I said, the lore is real tight on this. <laughs> Lockdown. Weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Anyway, when you encounter the, so good the, the refund whale in Sean Murray's video game, <laughs> Sean, you Sean know... Sean Murray's wakeboarding. That was the first known instance of the refund whale. <laughs> It came up. He's completing his saga with the uh, new game, No Man's Sky. That's what that timer was all about. There's also a Sean Murray who is an actor who gained fame for his role as Thackeray Binks Mm. in the film Hocus Pocus. 
and <laughs> Danny Walden in the military drama series Jag. So hopefully all three of these people are the same person and they're developing Frog Fraction 2. Which is out now. Called Feature, No Man's Sky. Featuring Refund Way. <laughs> <laughs> Frog Fractions 2 Unleashed. Featuring Refund Whale. <laughs> <laughs> Refund Whale is pre-order DLC. God, what a shitty situation that would be. Also, don't pre-order this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it triggers that fucking Refund Whale. <laughs> That's how exclusive. they lure you in. It's like one, one of many bullet points The GameStop exclusive version of the Refund Whale, though, requires you to trade the game back into GameStop. Well, that's Once just, you see it, that's yeah. <laughs> that's the trade-in whale. Yeah, the different the, whale. Yeah, yeah. Different. that's true. That's true. GameStop exclusive trade-in whale <laughs> replaces <laughs> refund whale. Yeah. <laughs> no refunds. However, you can sell it to us for three fifty. I think this podcast is over. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye, everyone. I'm sorry. Forever. Uh, for here, that's the end. So, if you're listening up to any time until now, oh, there, there's the whale, and it has hit the water. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Please join us at the Idle Thumbs. Uh, PAX meetup on September 3rd at 7 p.m. at the Diller Room in Seattle, Washington, downtown Seattle, Washington. Walkable from PAX, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And sure uh, yeah, you can find us on the internet at Idle Thumbs on Twitter at facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. I'm still streaming all the time on that Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Idle Thumbs. Um, Nick has promised to stream something soon. I don't know when that's going to happen, but hopefully in the near future. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, and uh, you can see all of those videos as they go up on youtube.com slash idle videos. Um, and we have cold blooms very soon. The cold blooms have, have been manufactured, the new round of cold blooms, and we just have to get them to our fulfillment center. And yep, then I'm picking them up Thursday or Friday of this week, so get ready, everyone. All right, so by the time you hear this, it'll probably... They will either already be in stock or I'll just put them up on the store and you can start buying them because they will be in stock within a day of this podcast going up. So Cold blooms. Mm-hmm. All right. Keeps Thanks, folks. Cold blooms cold. I... Tell, a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. About this podcast. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>